Welcome to The Gifted Life, where we have conversations about organ, tissue, and eye donation. I'm Lori Steele. I'm Joey Boudreaux. I'm Sally Gentry. And today we're talking about education. It is key. Yes, it is. We'll be talking to two ladies who've been busting myths and spreading awareness here at LOPA for years. And we're going to talk about boredom. Okay. Like right now? Dum dum. <laughs> That and more coming up here on The Gifted Life. Thank you for being part of our team. Our ask is that you spread the word about what we're doing here on the podcast. Most definitely spread the word. We're easy to find. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or whatever your favorite podcast app might be. Once you find us, rate us and subscribe. Show of hands, who's on social media? Hey! Yay. All right. We know that you are too, guys. On Facebook, The Gifted Life Podcast. Give us a like. Twitter and Instagram, we're at Gifted Life pod. We're out there. We want you joining with us. We want to spur healthy conversations about organ, tissue, and eye donation. You guys ready to do that now? Sure. Here we go. Here on the Gifted Life podcast, we are excited. Friends in the yes, studio, right? Are. It's about uh-huh. to get loud up in here. Woo! They're quiet oh, now. Yeah. Oh, there we go. There we go. Yeah, who do we have with? We got Sharon, the Sharon Share Show. <laughs> Our two best community educators. But on boom. We're a team, Joey. Yes, we We're are. A team. We have Sharon Raymond and Cheryl McGee Hill. Welcome, guys. Oh, right. Nice. Doing great jobs. They're going to share their their secrets and how they came to be with Lopa here on the podcast. So we are certainly excited. So, Sharon, how long have you been with Lopa? 17 years. 17, you say? Lord. You look like 20. So I know. Like, I started when I was three. <laughs> yes. That was some fast together. math right there. I like that. All right, Miss Cheryl, how many years you got in? Oh, I've been here around 23 years, Ooh. but 18 years employed this October. Wow. And let me tell you, Lori, life happen. I got to share office space when I first yes. came to work with Lopa with both That's these ladies. True. Did Y'all we grew up together. together. Yeah. 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 We grew up in the same yeah. hood. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so who was the bad influence amongst you? Sally, I would say. No, I should know. Uh-huh. Cheryl. Yeah, yeah. Cheryl. Fingers are pointing. Everybody Cheryl. blames me. <laughs> Can we notice I don't sit next to Cheryl in conferences because I don't want to get blamed yeah. when she starts talking. She so I find where she's sitting and I go to the opposite last. side of the room. Yes. Uh, I agree. I agree. Uh, guys, here afraid. on the podcast, we talk about these people with different talents from different walks of life coming together. Yes working together to make life happen. So I want to pick your brain. So 18 years ago, what Mm -hmm. happened in your life, Cheryl? What got you here? What got me here? Yeah. In 1997, um, my brother had an aneurysm and my husband had been on dialysis for five years. My brother was out jogging in the morning and afternoon in that July of 1997 and had a terrible headache. Mm-hmm. He went to the emergency room. Uh, I got the call when I got there. The doctor diagnosed an aneurysm. Mm. So we began to pray. The doctor said they need to get in and reduce the swelling. And um, we prayed all night. And on Sunday, I went to church. When I got off the elevator, I looked at family members, and I knew at that point he was gone. Mm. 
And my dad refused to come to the hospital. And he said, well, you know what? You do what you have to do. You're the oldest. And uh, I was approached by Rebecca. Her name was Rebecca mm-hmm. from Lopa. Yeah. And they, um, she asked for consent. And uh, I'm number one of nine kids, so everyone had an opinion. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. He, he don't look like he's dead. Let's pray. Um, Cheryl, you don't have to hurry up. until You don't have to hurry up and do anything. Uh, in about three, three and a half hours, my brother Chet said, you know what? He wanted to be an organ donor. He wanted to help somebody, even Roderick. And at that point, we thought, oh, my God, why do you need a kidney? So I, I spoke with the doctor and the nurses, and they asked, was he on the waiting list? And I said, yes. They said, well, we need to do some testing. And um, they did the test. Four or five o'clock that next morning, they said it was a match. And, um, wow, fantastic. Huh? And there was the transplant. Wow. So you've lived it, you've walked it, you believe it. Yeah. Wow. It really I, was fate. You know, but and, it, it, was so, it was so crazy because when they asked, they give you the sheet of paper. I'm going to say they, because back in the day, it was y'all was That's they. what I was going to ask yeah. you. It was oh, yeah. 97. Yeah. What was the thought of donation in yeah. 97? Uh, you know, we thought about it, but it was just so new for the family. Mm. Both, you know, mm. the entire family. High blood pressure, all this. Everybody knew about but as far as having the transplant, this was something new to us. So I remember just looking at the sheet of paper you know, giving away the heart, the liver. But when it got to the eyes, I said, oh, no, don't touch his eyes. Mm-hmm. 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 That, you know, I thought about, wow, I didn't know anything about the eyes. So um, it was a match. And I tell you, uh, the day of my brother's funeral, the pastor came to the church and he said, don't worry about anything. I just left Roderick at the hospital and he peed. Oh, wow. That was oh, at my brother's wow. funeral. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Bittersweet. So. It was. It was. It was really. It was something. Look how she's lighting up when she's talking about this. I, I, That's how she is out in the community. I love it. How long it. had it been? How long had it been since he had peed? You know. Uh, you know how long was he on dialysis? Five years. Oh, wow. Huh. Yeah. Changes a lot. That July was five years, and with my brother and the annual, everything happened in July. Mm-hmm. The 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 aneurysm. Three days later, the transplant. Three days later, the funeral. Three days later, he was able to come home and pee. It's mm-hmm. funny, you know, because people think, well, you know, it, it's got to be pretty easy to match someone up, you know. But And they're brother-in-laws, being brother-in-laws. But there's so many different things that have to happen that you, with, with the antigen testing, especially back then, to be able to match two people up. To, for, for them to be a perfect match like that and, and for him to be able to receive the kidney and, right. and, and go ahead and, like you said, pee, you know, <laughs> yeah. not long yeah. after is, is really an amazing thing. Wow. So a crash course in that donation. Was, that was yeah. a crash course in donation. And then um, six months later, I got a call from Lopa. They wanted to know how he was doing and were we interested in becoming a volunteer. Mm-hmm. And I spoke to Roderick about it. and. He said, oh, yeah, we could do it. We could do it. Yeah. And um, that's the beginning of the journey with Lopa. Look we at became, you now. We became volunteers. All these years making life happen. Mm-hmm. I love that. All right, Miss Sharon, I'm going to turn to you. 17 years at Lopa. You're out in yes. our communities. You're dispelling myths. You're spreading facts. Mm-hmm. You're increasing the registry. 
Uh, tell us how you got here and why you keep doing it. Uh, well, Cheryl and I have a longer back history than just Lopa. We started, um, I started working with her when we were at Tulane. Mm-hmm. And she was in a cubicle behind mine. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if you know, you cannot sit anywhere in the room with Cheryl and not know that she's in the room. I agree with that statement. Yes. Don't talk about me. (laughs) So she was always talking about loping, always talking about volunteering. I knew the situation with her husband and that he needed a kidney transplant and had received one. And the story with her brother. And she said, you know what? There's an opportunity. We're going to get somebody to do that full time. And I'm going to sit on a panel to interview people. And I said, you are doing it. Why would you interview someone else? And everyone that came up in the interview mentioned Cheryl. And they said, (laughs) well, let's just cut through the red tape. (laughs) And uh, then she started working here full time. So we still kept in touch. You know, we were... We had become close friends by that point. You know, she can't help it. You know, it's just like infectious once you meet her. And uh, so she would call me from time to time and we would keep in touch. And a year after my second son was born, then I came on board to help her out. I thought I was just helping her out, you know, (laughs) because she had a big job and we had to go into the five parishes and we were targeting minorities and trying to educate them on donation. And one of the things, as Julie just mentioned about is that you have all these family members and one person you can see struggling going through dialysis, but I don't look at it as the one patient because it affects the entire family. So when one person gets a transplant, you are literally saving a family Mm -hmm. because just think of who still has to hold down a job. Someone still has to have the health insurance, but someone has to get this patient and their loved one to dialysis three times a week. Mm -hmm. Someone has to make sure they eat the right types of food. So you have the kids involved. Daddy, did you take your medication? Mm -hmm. Did you get your shot? So the whole family is on dialysis. Mm -hmm. And so donation doesn't just affect the patient. And it's rare because the need is so great, especially within the minority community. You would think everybody should be in line to give to their family members. Mm -hmm. But diabetes and high blood pressure are genetic. So if dad has it, he possibly gave me those genes too. Mm-hmm. And if I have it, then I may not be healthy enough to donate mm-hmm. to my loved mm-hmm. one. So that's why it's important for them to then become advocates for their loved one. Not only to say, maybe I'm not as healthy as I could be, but you should sign up. Because if we don't increase the registry, then we're not going to have enough pool of patients to say yes. All right, Sharon, you convinced me. I'm signing up. Okay, gosh, <laughs> man. That's Show me your heart. Point. Sign up. So what are some of the, the myths in the community that you hear or continue to hear about why, well, I can't be an organ donor because? Yes, we still hear some of the same myths that we've heard years ago. Some of the younger people that we talk to will say, I've already signed up. I have the heart on my driver's license. But we still hear, I want to make sure that I'm dead, dead. And they put two deads together mm-hmm. like it's a hyphenated yes. word. Mm-hmm. and Just making sure. Yeah. <laughs> so being dead once is not going to be good mm-hmm. enough. And we have to make sure that we let them know that brain death is a clinical form of death. There's nothing to come back from from brain death. This is not a brain injury. It's not a coma. It's not trauma to the brain that could be recoverable. This is the next step would be a funeral. So in between that process of a death declaration and a funeral, 
you could make life happen and that life could be someone in your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So I'm interested by this. So you guys have been at LOPA for 20 years. So in Louisiana, um, Cheryl, you're in New Orleans. Sharon, you're up in Shreveport. Shreveport. But when you were talking, you said that you'd joined your friend yes. and y'all were covering this five parish area. So over 20 years, lots of changes, right? So kind of walk us through some of the maybe major changes from then 20 years later to now. Many things have changed. But I remember getting into the churches because it was very important because we heard so many people say, I want to take it with me. Or one man told me, you know what? I'll become an organ donor, but not my eyes, because when I get to heaven, I need to see Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he was serious. Mm -hmm. So I knew it was important to become part of the church community. And it's easier now. It's, It's easier because the hospitals... When you're at the hospital and our nurses here at Lopa in the hospital, we get a lot of feedback from families because they're hurting. Their pastor is there. So now the pastor is willing to have us come and speak to church members, have us part of the health fairs. But we still hear the same thing. And that's why it's important. I go year after year, and I'm sure Sharon does also, um, there are some churches with three and four locations, and I find myself going every year because mm-hmm. as the church grows, right. knowledge is still important. Mm-hmm. Um, the schools, we have Lana, Sharon, you also attend more schools than I do, and there is a difference not going directly to the principal. We can go directly to the teachers now because the students are at the OMV. They know more about organ tissue and eye donation. So it's easier now to get into schools. More partners. 20 years ago, we were just getting the message out. Hopefully they'll understand, getting to know LOPA and what we're all about. Again, a community. We're having more community health fairs. And to become partners with other organizations has been helpful. I have have two sororities calling me uh, just the other day. And this um, is Cheryl. What's going on? What events you have going on? Um, I'm like, wow. Asking you to come. Yeah, they're that's asking me. <laughs> me. What do I have going on? So they could be part of we what we're doing. And I thought, what a change! Yeah, you Positive know, going change. into yeah. going into city hall and and asking them, my, we need to be out here. Look how many people are on dialysis. Now they understand that we are part of the health community. Yeah. Before we weren't seen as uh, being part of a health fair. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, we really can't ignore organ donation. In our state, we have over 2,000 people on the waiting list. Now, as far as kidneys, African Americans represent 66% of the waiting list just for kidneys in our state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a shocking statistic. Like most people are waiting for that. So we have to get the word out. And I know when I'm out in the community and we say these stats, they're like, okay, I've heard the stats. Um, But the volunteers that we have brought on board, we work together. Those testimonials, I think, from the recipients, the transplant recipients have the most powerful impact to me um, just because they are a living testimony and they wouldn't be standing in front of you talking to you if they didn't Mm -hmm. get that organ. Mm -hmm. And so they have a more impactful message. And to me, just seeing the results of donation stand before you telling you, I'm just so glad and so thankful. Somebody had 
um, enough compassion to say yes to donation because I had six months to live. Now, I know you guys have been doing this for, for 20 years. I know when I'm out at a health fair, I'll, I'll text Joey and Kirsten mm-hmm. Sally like, man, we got 10 signed up today. Like, think <laughs> of the lives saved after a semester of working with college students. It's like, man, 150. So is it still like, yeah, a win for you guys after you do oh, an event? Like, that's a festival. I was so proud of myself. I patted myself on the back (laughs) because I was at a health fair a few weeks ago and a woman came up to me and she says, oh, I can't do that because I can't donate blood. And I said, that doesn't mean you can't donate organs. And she was very forthcoming. And she said, I have been HIV positive since 95. And I said, well, I'm so grateful to tell you that we have the HOPE Act and you can donate because they are now doing transplants to HIV positive patients. And she Which took out her license and she signed up on the spot. And nice. I went, wow, you go, awesome. girl, you Way go. Let me give you a high five in Thank here, you. too. Yes. yes. I like that. Yes. Uh, so out in the community, what are some of the things that um, you would say work in the communities that you try to outreach to? Like, what are some of the wins for you? The wins for me is the big events. Um, I've noticed in the past couple of years, not only with Essence, Essence Fest bring people from all over the country mm-hmm. and um, being able to have our volunteers, our recipients, staff, we're able to break it down. Whatever you want to know, we can share it because people want to do it, but they, it's just that one thing. I have high blood pressure. I have uh, diabetes. In the large crowds now, we can bring a team together to answer all those questions. And, Seeing a person sign up to be an organ donor, just answer that. We just ask that one question. You know, I have diabetes. I don't think I can do that. Oh, I'm diabetic too. I'm an organ donor. And I like seeing the, the light bulb come on. Yeah. Because they, they don't, a lot of them don't know why that they haven't signed up. It could be because, well, we just never talked about it. And I like to find out, well, why haven't you? Oh, well, I haven't thought about it. I haven't talked about it to my family or I haven't talked about it with my pastor. And I said, well, your pastor shouldn't have a problem with it because God didn't have a problem with it. He gave his only begotten son. So what's your problem? Oh, well, um, I don't know. And then I tell him, you're not going to feel a thing. And then it goes, bing. Oh, right. You're talking about after I'm gone. Well, maybe I'm going to need this or this in the afterlife. And then I show him my bumper sticker. Don't take your organs to heaven because heaven knows we need them here. And I tell the kids in the driver's ed, when I get to heaven, I better not be given this same body. <laughs> I want a size eight body. And I want 16 foot wings on the back. And I don't want to have to cook, eat. Buy groceries, none of that. So don't tell me you're going to need kidneys and lungs and all of this stuff in the afterlife. Because guess what? When I want to get somewhere then, I'm just going to say, ping, and I'm going to be there. That's right. right. I'm not carrying this flesh around with me anywhere else, and they can keep it here. She keeps it real. Yes. You know, and while you guys are storytelling, we're just having smiles on our face yeah. like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And when they hear it, they're like, well, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And they just never thought about it that way you know that that's another thing the 20 years we were so conservative you know <laughs> trying to say the right things to the public mm-hmm. but you, after a while oh i'm gonna take it with me mm-hmm. oh i'm gonna take it with me well if you take selfish, it where 
what do you think you're going? (laughs) (laughs) And it depends on the crowd. It depends on the age. But I pay attention to facial expressions. Expressions (laughs) and the way you're talking to me. I realize, well, you know, I got high blood pressure and I have diabetes. And um, my doctor told me I can't do that. Well, have you spoken to someone at the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency? Mm-hmm. We can tell you. Matter of fact, we need to talk to your doctor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why it's important that LOPA, I'm so excited that we have our professional yeah. educators in the hospitals because if the doctors are afraid, uh-huh. they're going to give you the wrong message. And for minorities, let me tell you, and it's not only minorities. You have others, too. Because if you live in New Orleans, there's a lot of myths. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's crazy stuff. Yeah. Well, there's voodoo. It's voodoo. And they're afraid if they talk about death, then death is going to be around the corner. And I'm yeah. like, but you have insurance? Yeah, I've got insurance. I said, so you expect to get in an accident? No. So it's a state law. You have to have insurance. So it should be a law that you talk about organ donation yeah. to your family. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. that's right. Because if you if you just anticipate, you don't know the future. Mm-hmm. So what will it hold if you don't plan for it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Everybody go sign up. Hope you signed up. We're going to send <laughs> Sharon up. and Cheryl out to talk to you, if not. Yes. Right? Yeah, we're not scared. We'll come we're talk to scared. anybody. All right. So uh, tell us uh, the communities that you cover now, kind of sure. what's happening where you I are. I am in the Shreveport-Bolger area. I cover the northwest region. I can go from Alexandria up to Vivian, over from Greenwood, over to Arcadia. And then we also have community educators throughout the state. But if you call the 800 number, we'll get to you. All the time, every time. And guess what? They found out that we have cell phones. So now <laughs> they're calling our cell phones. <laughs> we can FaceTime. FaceTime, Facebook. Um, it's, it's, just call us. There you go. So you're in New Orleans? I'm in New Orleans. Um, cover the metro area. Yeah. I uh, have a partner in Atlanta, Lana Stevens. So She's going to like that. Shout we, out. Yeah, Lana, <laughs> shout out my sister from another mother. <laughs> but we work together here. Lana does a lot with the schools, uh, the races, and we just work well. We bounce off each other. Whenever there's a need here, there's a need there. So... Um, you can request a speaker on our website, lopa.org, fill out the form, and it'll get to the right community educator to come to your area and speak to any event you have. You want some entertainment, laugh a little, and learn a lot. Yes, visit our website. Yeah, lopa.org. We need it, (laughs) lopa.org. Call us. We could talk to you guys all day. All year long, 24-7. And she will. She will. 24-7. Like the they are talking about me, but let me tell you, you just have to call me. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you call can request me. one of us. We request will travel. us. We yeah. will travel. <laughs> we like that. Thanks for your uh, almost 20 years of service, ladies. Um, I we, love my job. We all learn a lot job. from you guys, and uh, we make life happen together. Every day. All right. All we appreciate day. you guys. That gifted life, boredom. That's what we're talking about, right? That's it. <laughs> How interesting can boredom be? <laughs> Sally's well, our mental health guru. What you got, girl? Well, you know, you might be surprised about that. 
I just heard recently from one of our coworkers that during periods of boredom, mm-hmm. you may become very creative because it's kind of a quiet time. Yeah. You know, you're sitting I just back. had a great idea. <laughs> Kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I think what happens for us is we kind of get complacent in what we do on a regular basis. I mean, it might be busy and we're here and there and we're doing different things, but then we go, same old, same old. I'm really tired. I'm bored with all this. What are we going to do next? And I think the thing that does happen, and I've found it now, my thing is I go outside in the yard. Mm-hmm. I get inspiration that way. And I go, oh, this would be a great thing to th- talk about or to build or to do whatever the case mm-hmm. might be. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times I hear people say, well, I'm just bored. Well, what are you going to do about it? Well, I can't do anything. I'm just going to sit here and no. feel sorry for myself. So what no. do you do, Lori? Oh, get you more bored. Well, I have um, three kids, husband, job. So I don't really have a lot of downtime. Yeah. Um, but I like to do family things. I like to go places. Oh, I like neat. to. Do, yeah. We go to the trampoline park and I jump with the kids. I like that. I like listening to music. Uh-huh. I perfect my moves in the mirror. You know, that's what I do. <laughs> There you go. I can I can try that for you later. Well, you could. Yeah, not that Absolutely. awkward dance that I'm showing you yeah. now behind the mic. But yeah, what about you? I like to play golf if I'm bored, but it's That's not boring been a lot to of me. Go- <laughs> not a lot of golf lately with the uh, you know the new building and everything else going on. So. Yeah. yeah, work work gets in the way of stuff. Yeah. Well, that's right. It does. <laughs> uh, so I think that for those of us though that are still pretty well involved mm-hmm. with what's going on on a daily basis. We don't really have time to get bored. And then I wonder sometimes, is that just as as an excuse for some folks not to do things? You know, because we can sometimes rationalize it out that I'm just bored. I can't do anything. Uh, Or we can say, all right, let's get up from here and let's go do something that will Mm -hmm. kind of be productive just for us. It doesn't mean it has to be for anyone else, Mm -hmm. but just for ourselves individually. I think that does make a difference in how we feel and think about the world in general. Yeah, and I have a, a four-year-old, a five-year-old, an 11-year-old, so we get a lot of that, I'm just bored, after you take them out on this fun adventure. <laughs> and so we yeah. we have, you can't say that in our house. So go find something to do. To do. Yeah. Go find something to that's do. It. Let me know. Have fun. Explore. Mm-hmm. Bring the dog outside. Those kinds of things. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So we try not to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Now I'm bored. You ready to move well, on? Well, there you go. No, I'm kidding. Okay, I don't know what else we can say about all this, huh? By having a, a balance of, of your life, of what you do for a living, and what you do for fun can really make a difference in whether you consider yourself to be getting bored with what's going on. You can always look forward to an, another aspect of what you're doing in your life, too. Work hard, play hard. That's it. Live by it. I like that. Go out and do something that you wouldn't normally do to make life happen there you when go. you're bored, right? Let's yep. put that in there. Yep. Uh, maybe you want Sally to cover a certain topic. You can send that to us at info at thegiftedlife.org. In every episode of The Gifted Life, we honor a hero. Today's hero is Brittany Segura. And we hear from Brittany's family. Soul of a gypsy, heart of a hippie, spirit of a fairy. Brittany was born on May the 26th of 1993. She left this earth on March the 11th of 2018. Although our hearts were broken, she knew long ago that she wanted to be an organ donor, and because of that, she lives on in others. She left behind family and friends, especially her beautiful little girl, Natalia, who already talks with us about being an organ donor like her mother. She will always be a special soul in our hearts. 
We will never let her memory go, and we will promote the importance of being an organ donor in her memory. Fly high, our gypsy soul and special hero. And now we pause and say thank you to Brittany for the gift of life. In today's question and answer segment, do I have to register as a donor or can I just tell my family what I want to happen when I die? Actually, the answer is both. It's That's the best uh, avenue because oftentimes, Lori, you know, in these situations, families are having trouble just processing basic mm. information. Oftentimes, they're going without sleep for a couple of days, especially in organ donation. It's a, it's a sudden event in those situations. It's not you know, something has been expected for a long time and then giving them time to prepare mentally. So if they're just trying to process basic things, remembering the conversation you might have had a year, two years, six years ago uh, usually isn't something that's that's uh, easy to do. So, so the best thing to do is both. Mm-hmm. Uh, register as a donor and then also let your family know uh, that way it's completely covered both, you know, from both angles. Good information, Joey, for everyone to know. Thank you, Sal. Well, you're certainly welcome. And if you have a question or you'd like to share your story, you can reach out to us uh, on social media. You email us at info at thegiftedlife.org, or you can even give us a call, and that number is 504-648-3477. We'd really like to hear from you. Leave us a message. We look forward to hearing from you. And that'll do it for episode 109 of The Gifted Life. Yes. Absolute thanks to Sharon and Cheryl, the Sharon and Cheryl show. Straight talk <laughs> with Sharon and Cheryl. <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> They're a, very animated. I wish I could great, show you. Right. What a great episode. You know, for them to be able to tell us what got them into the, the field and then, yeah. and then talk about all the myths and how things have changed over the years and sometimes how they've stayed the same. Mm-hmm. And you know what's really fun is to have worked with these ladies throughout my entire time yep. here at LOPA. <laughs> and some of the times we've shared was in office space sharing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Funny, funny, funny. And they're still funny. That's the oh, best yeah. part about all of it. Can never get bored with Sharon and Cheryl. <laughs> That's fact. And so passionate all these years later, obviously, um, they're our family. Our volunteers, we're, you know, we're all family there. So hopefully you were inspired to say yes and become a registered organ donor. If so, registerme.org. And we do hope that you go out and do something you wouldn't normally do to help us make life happen. Thanks for being part of our team. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again. This is a production of the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, or LOPA. The Gifted Life is hosted by Lori Steele, Joey Boudreau, and Sally Gentry. Our executive producer is Kirsten Hines. Producer is Shalon Carraway. Intern is Rebecca Ranham. And we are recorded, engineered, and mixed in our Covington, Louisiana studio by Troy Perez. <laughs>